Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. This week's episode is brought to you by our new sponsors, Tight Ends, the only full-service sports bar and grill. Catch a game, grab a beer, a burger, and so much more. Check out the five-star menu full of food, drinks, and more. Become a, a Tight End VIP member with your GM membership and get very special benefits. For more, check out tightends.com with a Z. So... It seems like we're finally going legit. I like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, so, I will definitely be visiting tight ends. <laughs> did not ask what that GM membership was about. Might do the Robert Kraft special in there. He might walk out of the happy ending. Don't know. I don't know. Let's let's not ask questions. Let's just enjoy. <laughs> just wait for them checks to clear, man. <laughs> um, but this week we break down Colin Kaepernick's origin story with Colin in black and white, which gives us a glimpse into the future football stars formative teenage years growing up as a black child in a white family in a predominantly white northern california town um so tammy what did you think was calling black and white a touchdown or a flag on a play um i was definitely definitely surprised um i only decided to watch it just for support um just to support um colin kaepernick but I enjoyed it. It was amazing. Really, really good. So I would definitely say touchdown. Touchdown. I would agree. I did not know what to expect going in. And I'm with you. I, you know, I'm an Ava DuVernay stan. So anything that she, that she, that she has her hands in, I'm willing to at least give it a try. Um, Same thing with Colin Kaepernick, support the cause, you know, um, I was amazed at how much I enjoyed this show. Like, watched it straight through. Hated that it was only six episodes. Wanted more right off the bat. And those that, those six episodes were so well done. And it was a you got a chance to appreciate that he had a chance to tell his story in his own words. And I didn't realize he was going to be such a big part of it, being the narrator of the of the show and all of that. But it was really, really well done. Um, took no prisoners from that opening scene where it caught the, the NFL out on his plantation stereotype and his plantation repu- rep, um, reputation. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, just it came out firing headshots. I was just like, wow. So. It did. It, it had a slave auction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> first and it was kind of like, when they started walking off the field, you was just like, okay, so what are we doing? What are we doing? Where are we going? Where are we going? And you're thinking like they're going to a locker, the locker room, and then all of a sudden the whole scene changed and they're going to the auction block in order to be auctioned off. And I thought it was a great comparison on that whole system of the NFL that they do every year. Like it was a great comparison. And not to say that it's definitely slavery, but you can see the similarities in how the slave auction went compared to what is it, um what is that um called the combine the combine compared to how the combine works and i've talked to people who you know um have experienced it and they're like yeah yeah like they poke you and they talk about every little detail of your body and yes yes <laughs> yeah, like they have, they do, uh, they do oppo research on you. They know everything about every member of your family. Like they do, do they do like 
I don't I think they might hire the FBI or somebody to do the background checks like it is really really invasive just personally psychologically physically and the NFL I know you're not the biggest sports fan but they have long had a had a reputation it's long been called the plantation and a lot of those old ass billionaire owners have been called the slave masters especially some of the shit they say Jerry Jones here's looking at you um the dude well I think I don't think Richardson still owns uh Carolina but I know one thing like um he was the former owner of the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton's first go around he was like you know he better not get any tattoos he can't play for my team blah blah and I'm like dude is that something you have written as part of your team rules like the Yankees have it in their team bylaws that they can't have facial hair you know that's just something that they, so you know, if you go to the New York Yankees, you can't have any facial hair during the season. But you telling this dude that he can't have tattoos when everybody else on your team has tattoos. And it wasn't like, it wasn't a no tattoo on my team rule. It was that my black quarterback can't have tattoos. So, you know, not to get off this topic, but yeah, it, it, the NFL just has issues on top of issues on top of issues. And every time I watch, I try not to, I just try to go in and watch football and not think about all the other bullshit that would make me not want to watch. But yeah. Um, so what was one thing you were surprised to learn about Colin and his upbringing? Um, I thought his parents were more knowledgeable than I realized they were. Um, just because of how, I mean, I'm so happy to know that they were, they've always been very supportive of him, but they've always also been very oblivious to the fact that they were raising a black kid in a white racist town. If, you know, we're going to be very um, direct about it. So that that kind of surprised me, like for some reason, being on how um, pro-black he is and how knowledgeable he is, I just thought that his parents were like that as well. Maybe like, what, what, what do we call them? Like the hippies or something like that, who just kind of knew what was going on and they did not. And that definitely surprised me. Yeah, um, I that I'm gonna get to that I was surprised that he was such a good baseball player I didn't realize how great of a baseball player he was and just from the financial aspects he probably should have stuck to baseball but um yeah I I didn't realize that he was like you know top of his class and that probably going to be the number one pick in the MLB draft and probably one of the lucky ones that got to forego the minors and go straight to the bigs like that's just how good he was I didn't realize that um but yeah back to his parents um they they were very supportive but I I love the way you said that they were also extremely oblivious and um there were times and it made you and I even went and tried to do a fact check to see what was true and what was dramatized because there were times when you thought they got it like when his mom took him actually took him to a professional to get his hair done you know, when she went, it's like, oh, is this, was it a bell that went off that made her recognize that, hey, we can't raise this one kid like we've raised our other kids because he's not like our other kids. Like, and I think that sometimes that's the thing that other parents and I'll say or white parents are oblivious to when they when they go and they adopt children of color. Um, you can't raise them like 
love isn't all it takes is to raise that child. Yes, love is the main component, but you also need to open up your eyes and raise them realistically with realistic expectations. And even if that means you got to check your own bias at the door, um, you know, like, so that that really surprised me, um, you know, and it kind of reminds me of the story about Charlize Theron, who has two, who adopted two black children. And she was like, hey, um, she she has she has a community of aunties that help her with her girls um, and tell her, yo, what are you doing with that baby's hair? Like, you, you got to take them here, here and here. And so she's made sure that they had strong black women and black people in their life to help them and help them through the things that she know that she that she can't help them with. And I realized that's looking at this from a 2020 lens or a 21st century lens or whatever. And this was back in the 1990s when, you know, we were all a bit more oblivious to certain things. But yeah, um, I, I I was surprised by that, just how oblivious they were um, and moments where they could, where it seems like they, that they might get it, where it's just like, oh shit. <laughs> And they still didn't. They still didn't. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay. So this is going to be a different type of story. Like, yeah, mama has that awakening moment where she takes him to get his hair done. And then after that, it's just like, oh, nah. <laughs> so um, what did you, is there anything else about his parents that stood out to you besides their obliviousness? Like any one particular scene where they were overly oblivious or blatantly oblivious or um so like we have to remember that um he grew up in the 1990s mm-hmm. and growing up in the 1990s most white people were very oblivious to what was going on in America um they were not knowledgeable of how to raise black children um and so like seeing certain things I could, I could point them out, like, you know, the whole um, prom photo situation, um, not knowing what blue black was, but knowing that it was a negative connotation to the point where um, when she got the photo, she put it in a drawer um, because blue black is a ne- it was a negative connotation based on how she heard it when he and his friends were talking. Um, even like there were instances where Colin kind of gave his friends permission to um, be racist or disrespectful. Um, you know, like the whole driving, like there, there's just so, so much. And I, we could point them all out. But the one thing I will say about his parents is they were extremely supportive of him. Very, very supportive. And that also surprised me on how supportive they were of him and his talent, even though they really wanted him to stick to baseball and to go um, to the major leagues. When he said, no, I'm doing football. Football is my passion. Like his dad drove him all over California, Nevada, to every single camp that he could get him to. So that was amazing to see that even as they didn't always agree with his decisions, they were still very, very supportive of him. Yeah, and, you know, when he didn't make the varsity team, his dad took him and got him in with that um, elite football coach, mm-hmm. um, quarterback coach, you know, who only took in certain kids in his camp, and then once the coach had him, and and I can agree with that. Like, I can say, you know, because 
and I get it because I loved tennis. Like tennis was the sport I wanted to play, but um, you know, there weren't too many black people doing it. And the Williams sisters, they, you know, it's like an anomaly. So it was just like, no, you should run track. And I'm like, I don't want to run track. I hate running. I may be fast, but I hate running, you know? Um, so I, I get that, you know, they didn't want him to be the white, the even though he was obviously the better of the two quarterbacks, they were still going, that one coach was still riding with that great white hope, you know? Um, so, yeah, but his, his parents, it, it, they were really, really, really supportive. And like I said, it doesn't, their obliviousness doesn't discount how much they loved him at all. Um, it just, and, you know, again, you have to remind yourself when you're watching this, this is the 1990s um, when this was all taking place, the 19, late 90s, early 2000s. So, it, you know, we were, like I said, we were all still a little oblivious to certain things. And I know that sometimes having friends um, growing up in a similar situation, having friends that were other, there are some things that you did just let slide because A, you didn't pick the battle, you didn't want to pick the battle or B, at the time you just, sometimes you didn't even realize, you know, what was actually being said or what was meant by it or anything like that. So sometimes we were just as oblivious ourselves. So I, I kind of understood that. Um, one thing, the one that stood out to me though, was the cop. I was just like, in any situation that, because you know, what happened, the, our history with police isn't something that just started in the 2020s or in the 2000s. It's been there. So that was the one that surprised me. Like, okay, you can't be this fucking oblivious even back then. You know? Oh, on the cop, like, reaching for his gun. And then they'd be like, whoo, you dodged a bullet right there. And I'm just like, if that ain't white people, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, the cops saw the same van every weekend, like, same license plate, same van, just this time because it was a different driver. And it was just like, yo, dude, like, really, that was, to me, that was triggering. I was like, um, yeah, like, y'all can't be that fucking oblivious to, to, because that, you know, our, how do I say it? Our complicated history with law enforcement is not something that's new. You know, yeah, but uh, I think it was mostly on, um, you know, they, they had an excuse for it though. He was on his learner's permit, he was going too fast. Um, uh, you know, they trusted the police, so I can understand them really thinking, like, whoo, like, you know, that was close, but not close on he almost got shot. That's not what they were saying. That's almost close on him getting a ticket. So it wasn't yeah. even, it didn't even register in their brains that, you know, you could have lost your son right then and there. Um, their whole mindset was, well, you didn't get a ticket. So, you know, let's watch out for this next time kind of thing. Like even when they were in the hotel lobby, right? Never once did they notice certain things that he noticed. Um you know, but I love the fact that like you saw little instances where he was able to connect with his people because, um, you know, they knew what he was going through. Like they experienced it. He started to see like, oh, that's what I've been experiencing this whole time because the whole gang of you um, are going through it every single time. So, um, yeah, that that was another um, instance of it. Yeah, it, it was just a, like 
it was a really, really good show. Like I'm gonna say right now, I recommend it to everybody. Like everybody should watch Colin in black and white. Like even my friends who did not support him um, during his protest um, in the NFL thought that it, they blamed him mainly um, for getting kicked out of the NFL. You know, they just didn't see where he was coming from. Like some of my friends like have that mindset and they watched the show and they were like, dang, I'm starting to see this a little bit different because he, he, he been fighting this his whole life. And I'm just like, yeah, he's half, he's half black, half white, but he's a black dude when he walks on the street. Like we got to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like biracial don't mean a guy's on thing. You biracial on what you look like and what you can pass for. And majority of the time, black people can't pass for white. So if you can't pass for white, then you black. It don't matter if you light, light, light skin with good hair. Tiger, my bad. Did I say that out loud? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't matter, but you black. One drop rule. One drop yeah. rule. And that is sad to say, but that applies. That applies in the black community. And that also applies in other communities. One drop rule. Once you got that one drop, you black no matter what. And so um, it was just so good on like pointing that out and then how he pointed out like people that we'd never heard of and their experiences and how you know or the inspiration that he got like I learned through this show as well things that I never knew and I'm not a sports fan so it was stuff that I was looking stuff up while he was talking about these people like I was like hold on let me look this up real quick and see who this person is like we started to like research this stuff so it was good overall. It was a teaching experience. And yeah, yeah. Sorry, like I'm, I'm singing his praise, but it was really good. <laughs> it, it really, it was. And like the artist um, that he mentioned in that one episode and how he, he, he originally started off as a baseball player and he couldn't make it out of the Negro Leagues, even though, and yeah. that was the one thing. And I love that. And a lot of like, you know, uh, Satchel Page, all of them, you know, we know, we know the Babe Ruths and unless you know the history, unless you, you, you're black and you part of the Negro Leagues and you know those Negro League players, you know, not many people realize that um, a lot of the players in the Negro Leagues could have wiped the floor with Babe Ruth, you know, they could have cleaned, but never got like, the chance, but never got the chance, you know, um, Jackie Robinson, as great as what he is, what he did is he wasn't the best all around player. No, he was the Rosa Parks of the yeah. Negro League. He he was the, he was the he Rosa was the, Parks. He was the best person for the job. Mm -hmm. and he was a damn good player. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't the best player in the Negro Leagues. He was the best player to do all around player to do what they needed him to do to do what Branch Rickey needed him to do. And so it was just like, you, you did, you learned so much of our history and our culture. And I appreciate it because I remember when Colin Kaepernick first came into the league and I'm like, he, he came across and I guess it was just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say playing a role. I want to say he was young. He, he was thrust into the state, the spotlight really early. So he did come across as just another good fuck boy quarterback kind of like thing you know, all about the flash and the swag. And then slowly but surely, you notice the change, the maturity came in and then the protest. And I was like, oh, okay. So, and it was just like, so I would love, 
love to see the transition between how he ended up where he ended up, like what actually brought on that that moment, you know, what made him think that this was the, the, the time to do it, like this was what to do. Because from the show, you can tell that he's uh, he's always been very smart, very intelligent. 4.0 GBA, baby. Um, classes. You know, and so when people hear <laughs> that he went to the University of Nevada, they're like, oh, because he was stupid. No. No, that's because that's the only school that offered him a football scholarship. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to play football. It's not because he was stupid and he couldn't get into another school. He could have went to Stanford. He could have went to Princeton. He could have like he could have went to any of the top universities and colleges in the country. But he wanted to play football and he was willing to go wherever they would allow him to, to play, play football. football. And so it was just like, okay. So I, I'm with you. I learned a lot about him that I didn't necessarily know or didn't necessarily realize. Um, like I said, I was a fan, but I was more or less a fan of him as a football player before, when was it, 2016 when that happened? 2016, 2017? Yeah. And then after that, you know, and I remember when it happened and I was having arguments with people. I'm like, it's the fucking First Amendment. You don't have to agree with it. How is this any different than what King did, what, you know, what everyone else did? Because you just hear all of a sudden this people have this false allegiance to this fucking piece of cloth. And I'm sorry, they're going to come at me for saying that. But, you know. Um, and I'm like, it's what he's doing. You may not necessarily agree with it, but it's protected under freedom of speech, freedom of protest, you know. Um, and so it, it but yeah, it, it was a lot. It was really, really good. Um, what did you think about his friends? Um, I liked his friends. They gave you different perspectives of growing up in the same town and how different they turned out. I really like, oh, I forgot the dude's name. His white friend? I called him White Boy Rick because that little motherfucker was white, shady. Yo, gangsta. He was shady as fuck. <laughs> I love, I call, that's what I called him. I forgot his name too, but I just, I wrote there. I was like, I just called him White Boy white Rick. White Boy you know, Rick. You know, I gave everybody a nickname because that little shady gangster motherfucker was like, yo. But you know why I loved him so much? Because he, he was knew. real. Yes, he knew when he was just like, yo, so you don't want to hang out with me no more? We not friends? And he was like, no, no, no. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to keep you from, because, and when, you know, the one of the best lines was when he said, "Um, if, if I'm on my own, I'm getting arrested. But if you're with me, I could possibly get shot and die. And, and that was real. Like, that was real for him to tell him that. Like, I love you. We cool. Like, you my boy. But at the end of the day, you a black dude in America. And I know what that means. And I am not willing to go through. Like, I'm not willing to die for that. You know, but also, I'm not willing for you to die for that. Just yeah. so you can say we hanging out. And I love, like, I love that. How he was just like, nah, you don't want to be with me. Nah, nah, you don't want to hang out. He knew he was a criminal and he wasn't willing to bring him down with him. And, and, and that's true friendship. Like that's true friendship that I'm going to still be cool with you. I'm still loyal. But at the end of the day, I'm not taking you down with me. 
because I'm going down the wrong path and I'm going to continue to go down my wrong path, but I'm not taking you with me. Like, I loved him. He was my, like, the the best. He was the best. Yeah, like, he was true ride or die. Like, he he protected him. He was like, look, I got your back. I'll be there. Like, you know, if you was in a fight, that would be the first motherfucker to show up. <laughs> be like, well, yes, who, who we dropping balls on? Like, who, who you need me to body? Like, but he was also, like, very, I love that he was very protective of him and very protective of like when they were in the pool at the hotel and he's like, what, you want me to get out too? And he's like, fuck them, you know? And, and, and at certain times he was the one to point out certain things to Colin and it's just like, yeah, you know? And at first, because I think when we first saw him at the hotel in the cookies, it was like there was a maturity and, and an awareness that wasn't there because when they first happened, um, when they were getting cookies at the hotel and his friend went up and he got seconds and thirds on the cookies, and the lady, she recognized him and wouldn't give him more cookies. And he was like, oh, no, nah, dude, it's no big deal, whatever. But then as as the show went on, you could see his evolution where he started recognizing that thing. And he he took offense. He started recognizing those things and he took offense to him, too. And I'm with you. I guess he knew he was stuck there in butt fuck Northern California. I forgot whatever racist ass town they were in. Um and I guess he knew that was his life, getting a job there, working in a factory, working whatever. But he, but he was like, "Nah, dude, you, you got more going on for you." And and like you say, um, I'm not trying to get either one of us killed by dragging you into some shit you have no business being into. And so I was glad when Colin didn't take those rooms. <laughs> He's oh, like, yeah. nah. He was like, "Nah, my mom would beat my ass because I'd have to explain where I got him from." But then it was also like, okay, you know. Cause yeah, I, that that probably would have got brought on more trouble than it was worth. But yeah, <laughs> I I loved White Boy Rick. He was probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. So what about um? Goodness, what else did you like? Um, I mean, I I just like the message of the show. Um. You know, we got to recognize, and I have like multiple people saying like, yo, did you watch, did you watch Colin in Black and White yet? Because I want to hear what you think of it, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Um, because they were like, they, they basically were saying like, it's right up my alley. Um, so what I loved was he played three sports. He was great at all three sports, baseball, football, and basketball. He also had a 4.0 GPA and took AP classes while he was in high school. Like that is something that you show to kids today. Like, come on, like just cause you an athlete don't mean you gotta be dumb. Just cause you an athlete don't mean you gotta take the easy way or doesn't mean you, you shouldn't put in the effort towards your academics. And I think like, that's a great message to put out there on like how focused he was not only on, sports but he all because you didn't really see him in class like whenever you saw him in class you saw him like going over plays in class and everything like that so it kind of gave you the idea like oh so he not really about his books or whatever like that but then you realize like oh no he was smart as fuck like really really smart mm -hmm. so um i i really really love that like i love the fact of like he was good i like the fact that he stuck to his guns about his passion that he's just like i'm just good at baseball like, I don't love it. I just happen to be really good at it, um, you know, and just went with his passion, what he really, really wanted to do, what he felt deep in his bones was for him. And um, so just realizing your dreams, um, 
you know, just realizing who you were. Like, I think this is a show showing like your identity, like figuring out who you are as a person and how that journey starts, because that really is what it is. That really is what it is. Like showing like how you find out who you are. Like it, it was, it was really, really good. Like I like the whole, like, I really like the whole show. Like every single, there's not a scene where I was just like, mm, mm -hmm, no, that, that, mm, Mm, they they could have taken that out like there's not a scene where i would actually say that it did not belong or it did not serve a purpose um what about you yeah no nah, the blackest shit ever was when he went to go get his hair braided the first time from that girl oh <laughs> and they ran out of grease and they had to go to the mall and he was in the back seat with her brother his brother's like her brother he's like you look stupid <laughs> he's like what Nothing, man. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah. So like you said, there are moments where he was, um, he was, he was, he, he always had interactions with his people, you know, with the, with the community, with the neighborhood, and um, I, yeah, I, I loved it. And oh my gosh, also the way he was always trying to season his mom's food. <laughs> <gasps> salt and pepper because she didn't know how to cook and she wasn't the greatest cook because you could tell even his dad was like and so when he when he went to um the girl's house who who his new hairdresser who was doing his braids and he went to her house to get them done and her and her girlfriend or her wife had cooked and you know, his mom was like oh he's gonna need some seasoning so he loves the salt and pepper and he's like no nah, this is perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know how his mom felt when she heard that. Like, did she even was she so oblivious that she didn't even realize what he was trying? Well, I'm guessing so, seeing as how um she went back to her same cooking and they he still had to season it. Or you remember when she made the frittata and he poured it in the ketchup? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. It it was it was funny, like it was funny. Um, informative, you know, it had a lot of drama to it, like, and it, and you know what? It reminded me of growing up. Like, I'm a 90s kid. Like, everything that was going on, I was just like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, it, the posters it, on his wall, wearing the jersey, like, you know, like, all of that. All of it. It was, it was, <laughs> it was just, like, it takes you back. It gave you a sense of nostalgia. Um, and you also kind of got to see, like you said, some of what shaped him, some of what, what, how, like I said, I, I never realized he was just that damn good at baseball. And from the financial, me, you know, this is me being practical and analytical. I get following your passion. I, and you say, because, you know, and I, I tell kids, I'm like, hey, what's your sport? They're like football, baseball. I said, stick with baseball. <laughs> Oh, I do too. Cause I always tell, I always ask my kid, I always ask them like, um, so which sport pays more? <laughs> and you know, like I'm just like baseball does, because you have a longer career. But I understand. I understand, but, like, you know, but you, know. you also pay from the from the social aspects. Um, would probably have to in the believe it or not, baseball is more fucking conservative than football. It um, is their it owners is. and shit. So he, he probably would have had, especially we'll say as his coming of age story continued and as he blossomed into the man that he is today, 
um, he probably would have had a, t- a lot tougher time in baseball. He, um, he, he definitely, I, I would agree with you on that. I think because he saw, you know, he experienced more racism within um, baseball when he played baseball than he did when he was, at least he, that's what he showed. He showed that he really experienced that racism um, when as a baseball player more than as a football player. So just imagine if he went to the major leagues, like, yeah, and you didn't go somewhere that was more liberal of uh, area, uh, area, an area, um, yeah, you definitely, definitely would have experienced that still, no matter how good you were, no matter how good you were. Yeah, and so it, it you know, and like I said, there, there aren't, and he was a pitcher too, and there are not, like, gosh, um, right now, just off of the top of my head, I can only say that I know for sure, and I don't know, I'm not going off of every team. I'd have to look it up. But CC Sabathia was the last major league pitcher of color that I remember that was just really good. Or And then now there's Shohei Otani, who just won the AL MVP um, from Japan. But as far as pitchers of color, off the top of my head, besides Shohei Otani, I'm not going to say there aren't any. I just can't name any in, in, in the entire major leagues. And, about right. and so it, it, it was just like, it, it probably would have been even more of an uphill battle, you know, because Dontrell Willis was good, like D-Train, the person they, they were comparing him to, but I'm like, you know, he was good, but it's just like, okay, once they rode the D train to where they thought it could take him, it was just like he fell off, you know, uh, like he had a bad season, a couple of bad outings, and it was just like, fuck, wh- what happened to him? So it's just like the mind fuck that falls off. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just like, okay, so I think his, his social evolution probably would have been much, much more difficult in baseball than it was in football. And trust me, we all know he caught hell and took a lot of shit and a lot of heat in football, um, you know. And But you, you got to give it to him for standing his ground. And I watching this, I was just thinking, I was like, damn, I really wonder how his parents reacted to all of that. Like, you know, you know, they were supportive, but it's just like, did, did, did they fully understand why he was doing it? And I remember his biological mom um, came out and tried to say some bullshit, but it's like, you know, you, 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 whatever you have to say is fucking irrelevant, you know? Um, but yeah. So overall, would you like to see a second season? Um, yeah, I want to see his college years. I do too. I I, that, I feel like that is where the real evolution happened. Um, so I, I'd love to see his college years. I I would too. I was actually thinking about it as I was preparing this. Um, I I thought I would love to see his college years, and then I would love to see his pro years. Like I said, I would love to see the transformation from when he first came into the league and I'm not going to say he was oblivious, but he wasn't, it was just, it seemed like he had a different mindset and a different approach. And, and so I would love to see the maturity at, as his career progressed. Are um, we saying that we want a second and the third season? 
I am. I think a second <laughs> and a third. I think a second and a third season would get us to the point of where we were in 2016 and how all of that came to be. I okay. would love to see that. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot more story to be told. Like this was a great epilogue, a great beginning, but I, I need the middle and I need the end. Um, and I, if it's as I, good as this season was, I'm I'm down for that. A second and third season of the different um, times of his life, I'm down for that. Yeah, I I would be too. Um, so what is there anything else you got to say about Colin and, mm -hmm. and Black? Let's and get to the popcorns. Okay, how many popcorns are you giving it? I'm giving it five point Oh shit. <laughs> Like this is a sound effect. Like I feel like I need poppers. <laughs> 5.0 popcorn. Like this is a full bucket. Didn't even lose one kernel. And I made it straight to my seat without losing one popcorn. And I am going to enjoy my full bucket from the top. And I'm gonna eat it all. Every single bit of it. I yes, the, I Gosh, I want to say this is the first time. <laughs> I want to say, to, I, I, that's why I'm like, I'm speechless. I think this is the first time anything has gotten a five. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to give it a 5.0. I recommend it to everybody to watch, especially people who are fans of sports. If you are a fan of sports, watch this show. Six episodes, 35 minutes each. Netflix, watch it straight. You're not going to take a break. You're going to be fully involved in it. You're going to learn so much. You're going to be engrossed in it. Like, yes, 5.0. Like, top show, top show. Yeah, and there's a lot that happens in those 35 minutes. So yep. it it is amazing. Um, I did not give it quite a five, but I did give it a 4.75. Um, just because, you know, I'm leaving room to grow. I would love to see those other two seasons. If you're listening, Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay, I'm sure they are. They're our biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would I would definitely love to see, see the, the, a second and third season. I think that would be the perfect wrap up, like a trilogy um, would be great. And it is highly, highly recommended. Even if you think you know, um, what it's going to be about, even if you weren't a big fan because of what you thought of, no matter how you felt about the controversy and the scandal, because it was um, a scandal and a controversy. And, you know, that that's a different conversation for a different day. But um, I think it would give, like you said, you a better insight into who he was and kind of give you an idea of the things that made him into the person he was and just also gives you a different perspective. Um because a lot of people um, of non-color, <laughs> uh, they have they they tend to be oblivious, and they don't. And it's not a bad thing. And I'm not saying it in a bad way. They just tend to look at life through the, the their tunnel vision of how they were raised and what they think it's like for everybody else. And just because it's like this for you doesn't mean I've experienced the same things growing up in the same neighborhood, in the same community, in the same country. Um, you know, so I think it, it would help open their eyes to some of the things that they tend to overlook um, about what people of other um, races and ethnicities experience in this country. Um, so 
I guess that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm still in shock that you gave it a five. We're gonna have to, <laughs> this is going to have to put a special disclaimer. Like, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I, it might be, hey, check out the episode that Tammy gave a five. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's the subtitle? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, whoa. Um, but please be sure to listen, like, follow that's high praise because you are notorious that's wow um please be listen to like follow and comment on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and or spotify Podcasts. you can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at the popcornwindown.com yay that's the plug Thank you. And as always, be sure to join us next week when we discuss Netflix's hit movie, Red Notice, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wait, Ryan... that was a hit movie? Oh, we'll talk yeah. about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Go ahead. Why? 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 No, no, no. Go ahead. We can't talk about it now. We'll talk about it next week. Go ahead. <laughs> it's called Drawing the Audience In. <laughs> So, so you went from that five to telling them that they don't want to watch it because it's. Yeah, we'll talk about it next Sorry, week. I'm so yes, def, I I apologize, y'all. Please come back next week as we review Netflix hit movie <laughs> Red Notice, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot. And until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.